boom. <laughs> I loved giving myself a, 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 an applause, um, a uh, drum roll, all of those things. They're fun to do. Good afternoon. Good morning to those of you that are listening. Uh, well, actually, good everything because we got people listening all over the world, right? So good morning, good afternoon, happy Friday. Um, thank you for tuning in to we're doing real talk uh, with Karen Stacy and Andre Whitfield today. Um, we are so, so, so lucky, right? Because we have like the man, the legend uh, in the building today, um, which I couldn't be happier about. Um, he, Dondre has been um, a lifelong friend. Um, he's like a brother to me and um, nothing makes me happier than to get the opportunity to hang out with him for a little bit. And I brought you guys along for the ride. Um, Dondre, are you with me? Yes, I am. Well, good morning I'm to listening, you. Good morning. I'm listening to you eulogize me, which uh, <laughs> feels like I'm kind of, I died. Oh, God. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, well, you know, I'm kind of in that mode right now. Uh, as you know, uh, I just lost my dog. So I, I guess I'm feeling a little uh, nostalgic or whatever you want to call it. So certainly uh, don't want to say that you are more alive than ever. So uh, if, <laughs> I, if I didn't do justice, I apologize. No, you definitely did justice. It just sounded like, you know, when you talk about that, it, you know, that's the kind of stuff. Unfortunately, it's the kind of stuff that, you know, most people don't get to hear about themselves, un, you know, until they, you know, they leave here. Yeah. And ain't um, that a, so, I, I mean, that's it was a big actually problem. a compliment. Yeah. yeah that no is doubt. definitely a big problem. Yes. It's a problem. Absolutely. I yeah, feel that is a problem. I feel like, you know, if more people spoke, um, you know, while people were here, um, the world would be yep. a better place. Yes, indeed. Um, what's interesting about this, uh, actually, is that um, this morning as I was, you know, getting the, you know, the, the, the day started, kids, of course, out to school, three dogs, wife, all that. Right. I literally said, because I have been experiencing people. Um, who used their past, P-A-S-T, mm -hmm. as their past, P-A-S-S, -S, uh -huh. to not to not show up the way they should show up. Yep. Well, I would do better, but you know, when yep. I was six, yep, this happened. Or I I would do better, but you know, when I was thirty-three, I would I would do better, but yesterday, listen to me. I, my father kidnapped me when I was six years old. When I was 14 years old, I had a gun put to my head while uh, they were uh, trying to rob my best friend of his leather bomber jacket. My okay. father never taught me how to be a how to be a man. I, you know, all these kinds of I got jumped when, you know, when I was yep. in my when I was on television. So all these things that have happened in my past. Mm hmm. But I never use any of it as my past. Mm -hmm. And this morning, I literally said, you know what? I'm going to. So your your listeners are getting a preview of the post that I'm going to do on uh, my Instagram. 
um, about this very thing. Who would you be if you found out that you were dying right now? Mm-hmm. If you were, if you found out that you were dying right now and God said to you, I don't want to offend anyone. God, you know, uh, God is prevalent in my life. It may not be in other people's lives, but whatever you, the, you, the, the higher being that you look to for spiritual guidance in your walk, or if you don't have any at all, if you just call it the universe, yep. ever you look to for spiritual center, if that spiritual center said you're dying and you, by the end of today, you will be dead. But what I'm going to do is if you promise to commit to stop using your past as your past, I will extend you new life. Hmm. Who would you be then? Who would you be then when you didn't use that past as your excuse or use as your past to not show up as the better version of yourself? Who would you be then? Well, I would be me. Um, but I, well, you, well, we know about you. <laughs> no, I'm just saying but, I'm answering the question, yeah. but you know what? It's really, and this is the funny thing about, well, I what, should say, how, how would you be? No, I'm, I'm, I would be me. So what I mean mm -hmm. by that is I just had this conversation with someone the other day and I've spoken about this um, a number of times as well because you know for instance I'll give you for instance um, uh, you know for those people that are tuned in that don't know um, I lost my husband when my son was five years old and he was in school and they were doing a lesson on family and when he came home and, you know, you had to write the people in your family and, and all of that. Right. So obviously that was tough because it was very new to us losing yeah. his father. And mm -hmm. I said to him, I, we wrote down, you know, the other people, you know, his uncle, his grandparents, you know, me, yada, yada. Right. So I said to him, I realize that there's one big void here, but look at all that you have. Look at all of the love that you have. So when I spoke to the teacher, the teacher said to me, oh my God, I feel terrible. Maybe we should have skipped that lesson. And I said, absolutely not. You don't skip the lesson. Maybe you hug him. Maybe you sit next to him while you're doing the lesson so he feels supported, but he doesn't get a pass because mm -hmm. his father died. He gets extra love. He gets extra attention, hopefully, right? Um, but he doesn't get a pass. And so I was just talking to somebody very recently who is, is having some health issues. And, you know, they were like, well, but I have this. And, well, but, you know, I got to deal with that. And I go, okay, well, I do that too. Like, this one does that too. Okay, I get it. So the the problem I think a big problem is is that people do not and I don't know if you you agree with me or not but I feel that people do not make peace with their past 
So they, it's constant, it's not their past, right? It's their present because, you know, oh, well, I can, you know, like I could use the same thing. I could say, well, you know, I could write out the, I'm a single parent, um, I'm a widow. I mean, we all been through stuff, right? I mean, everybody's been through things. Like you just said, you had a gun held to your head, you had this, you had that, you know, and which is like not completely abnormal, sadly, um, you know, to say, so your your past makes you who you are today, but um, I feel like when you just said, who are you, I would be the person I am today because I have used what has happened to me in the past to make me a more authentic, um, uh, organic, transparent, um, accountable human, if, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It does make sense. And w- what's interesting is that that should be the answer for all of us, right? right? That we should be using the things that happened to us in our past. Right. And instead of using it as a past to not show up, yep. use it as an activator to show up. Yep. Right. Um, it should be the kind of food that we use to show up in a better uh, mental, emotional, and spiritual way. Like my father um, uh, not showing up for me when I was a kid uh, and and me having a, 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 uh, an explosive sort of tumultuous uh, relationship with my mom at times because I sort of reminded her of of him, um, and then the hardship of a of a single mom mm-hmm. raising a child in a turbulent environment like Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and and not having all the tools herself. You know, my mom was very young when she had me, and so you know now you get this you know person who's still learning to be, you know, their own adult self, uh, and struggling with. Uh, raising a child in that kind of environment can really lead to some, you know, to some very um, violent and and outrageous behaviors at times. Mm -hmm. And so when you get put into those situations, it's one of the reasons why I got motivated to write my book, Male versus Man, because I didn't want anyone to suffer through coming into their manhood, matriculating into their manhood the way I had to because I didn't have a model that I could mirror. Right. And that's and so we should all again be using our past as an activator to do something for the better good of humanity. Right. So there are a lot of people that are probably listening right now and, and they're saying, all right, well, how do I do that? You know, oh, like, OK. Boy. That, yep. that sounds good. So like to break yep. it down. Right. So if, if you want to say so, if people are just joining us right now, um, we kind of went off topic ish um, a little bit today because apparently it's this was it's on topic. Ish. I'm going to prove ish. it. I said, ish. OK, OK, <laughs> I, said ish. I know okay. it's, 
It's the prelude. <laughs> I got it. It's the prelude yes. to the kiss. I got that. Yes. But I yes. just had to, you know. So for anybody that's just joining us right now, first of all, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, uh, wherever you're listening from. Um, uh, with me today, we're doing some real talk today. We don't usually do real talk uh, at noon, uh, but when you got Dondre, it, you got to go real talk. And um, so I have Dondre Whitfield on with me today. Um, and we were just talking about um, do you use your past as a pass? So P-A-S-T and P-A-S-S. And of course, with my accent, God knows what that sounds like, but that's OK. Um, <laughs> so. We're, we're trying to, we're talking about that right now. So, um, you know, Dondre spoke about, uh, things that, that he's gone through in his past that, you know, and, and I spoke about things that I went through in my past. And so how do you not allow your, how do you not have a pass for your past? Yeah, it's a, it's such a, a, a good question because um, so many people that I talk to on a, on a day-to-day basis, particularly the people that I counsel in these areas, they always say, well, how do I get to the other side of that? Right. And so to get really back on topic and to your point, this is absolutely the prelude to the kiss. Our past has to be the thing that activates our purpose. Right. And so my past with my father not being the model that I could mirror in order for me to properly matriculate into manhood left a gaping hole in my heart and left me without the information and instruction that I need in order to become the man that I was intended to become when I was created. Mm-hmm. Right. So I often counsel uh, my, my, my clients into understanding that the key to Uncovering your purpose is sifting through your pain. Uh-huh. So, so when we talked about the past, yep. we were talking about the past with the idea of the past uh, uh, being painful, a, 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 a pa- very painful, right? right? Right. And that we're using our past that is painful yep. as a past to just show up in all the wrong ways. Right. Right. But wait, well, hold on. I'm going to interrupt you. But then you have course. people, then you have people that would say to you, yeah, but it, it's, it, it, mine is, it, it's worse. My, it's, it's, it's painful. Yes. And, and I no, but, but what, a, but, and there, there's always that. And it's like, and it's hard because sometimes you have to really stop a person and you don't want to like you almost like you got to shake them a little bit right because a lot mm-hmm. of people yeah. will keep going back to but 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 and you're like yes okay yes. so now for all those people like that's the thing right the first thing is that they have to become accountable for yes. um right their reactions right they're, I, they're I, act- exactly right exactly Exactly. So you hit on something that's really important. My my son is 13 years old. And one of the things, you know, I'm a I'm a huge golfer. And my son now is really getting into the game. Mm-hmm. And the game can be extremely frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, and at times, because he is and has been good at every other sport that he's 
uh, that I've introduced him to, this game is somewhat different. And so at times he will um, have these demonstrative, you know, reactions uh-huh. towards him not showing up the way he wants to show up. Right. And I said, son, listen to me. I'm not telling you, I hate when people say, or excuse me, I dislike when people say you have to control your emotions. Right. You don't have to control your emotions. You have to control your responses. Mm-hmm. To your point, your reactions. Mm-hmm. Right. So I am allowed to, as a human being, absolutely be angry, be sad, yep. Yep. be, be met, all of those things. Yep. Right. And, and the reason why I know that is because those emotions were put in me for a very, uh, specific reason, right? They're, they're not coincidence. Right. That I, 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 that I'm capable of feeling emotions. Right. So I don't, I'm not required to control my emotions, right? I'm required to control my responses. Right. So when you look at all of the things that are, you know, that are happening in society where you see, and I don't want to mention names because I don't want to, I don't want people to feel like we're disparaging a person. I never attack a person. I address a position. Yeah. So and you, me too. You, me too. Yeah. That's yeah. what I do. So I you, never, it, I, you don't need to call anybody out. You just use it as a learning experience. Exactly um, that. By giving an example. Exactly. That, that's right. So we, we, the reason why we've been seeing or, or we have been blessed with seeing people show up as the lesser versions of themselves uh-huh. is for us to see that's what that kind of behavior looks like on me if I don't show up well. Uh-huh. Right? So we're seeing celebrities uh-huh. be violent towards people, right? These people that we hold up on these pedestals and, and all of these other things. These kinds of responses are evidence that there is work to be done in their life about surrounding some very specific issues. Right. Right. So every the world is going to be what it is. Right. The world at times can be very disgusting. Yeah. It, it can be very toxic. Hard. It can be hard. Unfair. Unfair. Unfit, abusive. All mm-hmm. of those things. Mm-hmm. Right. So the expectation for some people is that somehow the world is supposed to be this glorious, magnificent, benevolent, nurturing place that's always going to be an advocate for us. Oh, God, wouldn't that be and nice? It's it's not life. <laughs> and, here's what I, and here's what I want. Here's what I want our folks to understand. One of the reasons why. We experience things in life like that is to serve as a litmus test Hmm. to where we really are in our walk. So when you get exposed to these certain things, it's kind of like, think of it like uh, uh, an an airborne uh, illness, right? You get exposed to those airborne illnesses in order for you to understand just how well your body is capable of fighting off those illnesses, mm. how well your immune system is actually working. Right. Right. So your, your emotional, mental, spiritual 
immune system is being tapped into in order to give you an indication about where you are in your journey as a as an evolved human being and as an elevated human being and to take that a step further um it actually does impact your immune system because if you yeah. like literally because if you mm -hmm. are harboring all of these things they manifest inside of you and uh anybody that suffered from anxiety or depression um that is debilitating i mean you have an anxiety mm -hmm. attack you're going to the hospital if you've never had one before because you think you just had a heart attack so mm -hmm. It's it, what happens is, is that and I learned this at a young age as well, is that when we suppress these things and, you know, we keep going like because like you just said, life is unfair. Life is, you know, keeps going and yada, yada. So what do you do? You got to keep going. Right. So you find mm -hmm. coping mechanisms. And a lot of times those coping mechanisms may not be the healthiest mechanisms, but they're the ones that you um, you know, you use because maybe you don't have a better, um, you know, uh, example, right? Like, like what you were saying with your dad. So it, it mm -hmm. a lot of people don't realize that when they become physically ill, it could be a, a direct impact from their emotional and mental state. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely that because that to that point, it becomes a manifestation of all the things that you're being exposed to. Right. right? And so when, whenever I, I never get um, upset at the world for being what I know the world is. Right. Right. I, I, I expect that. Right. My job now is to allow the, the things that I have um, done in terms of the work on myself to take over in order to navigate what I'm being exposed to, mm -hmm. right? And then find a way for me to decompress, find my peace center, because I know the following day I'm going to be exposed to the exact same thing. Exactly. Right? And that and that was a, another conversation I was having, because the whole thing is, is that, like you said, Life is going to keep coming at you. So sometimes mm -hmm. people might say, right, you have people that say, um, well, I I'm going to move to another state. Um, if I move to another state, my I I'll be fine. Right. So that's a great idea in theory. And maybe if you live in a state where everything is crazy, which is everywhere at this point, but that's a whole other topic. Um, and you move to a different state. So you have a better surrounding and that helps then um, that's great. But it doesn't mean that um, if you, uh, you know, a lot of people think if they just remove themselves from 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 the, that, that their problems will go away. But if you move to another state and you don't handle your problems, they're following you to the other state. Correct. No, no question, because <laughs> wherever you go, there you are. Yeah. Right. So. <laughs> Every, so that it's it's exactly what you're speaking about. It's like the person who has um, issues in their relationship and they change out their partner like they're changing socks. Right. Like, oh, 
Yeah. It must be it must yep. be my partner. Yeah, there were so no I'm just gonna good, change partners. Right. There were no good guys, there were no good girls exactly. out there. Exactly. I love that. I love mm -hmm. that. And I'm like, mm -hmm. um what's the common denominator? Exactly. Who's the common it's denominator? You. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely right. Like uh, that it, it's one of the reasons why we have to keep saying to ourselves, and I, I do this with the couples that I work with, I always say, your job is to say, I am uh, I am the problem, but I'm also the solution. Mm -hmm. right? why, 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 do, why, do I want, why do I want us to say that? Because we're required to do our work for ourselves. You can't do your the work for your partner. Uh-huh. You cannot change your partner. Mm -hmm. Your partner is only going to be the sum total of the work that they do. Yep. So in, in, in other words, if they respond in the same way that they used to respond five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, they are not doing any work on themselves. So now what you can be in. I'm sorry. Right. I mean, so now no, I'm, no. I'm, of course. I'm just thinking, so I'm, I'm listening to it and I always try to do not devil's advocate, but I always try to, to flip things. So somebody's right. listening right now. Right. And we're trying to say that, you know, you have to be accountable um, and, and, you know, you have to own it and, and grow from it. Right. So now what if yep. somebody listening right now doesn't is not self-aware um, what if somebody that's listening right now is saying, well, that makes a lot of sense, but mm -hmm. how do I do that? Or like, I don't do that or me, you know, mm -hmm. and I think the first, the first thing to say is, do I do that? Right. I mean, absolutely. To absolutely. So if you, and, and I love the way you framed it, cause it, that's perfect because I use this expression all the time. I, I I really dislike being around people who are uh who are not self-aware. Yeah, and always who right. don't have yeah, who don't have a consciousness about how they show up. Look, yep. if you're struggling to figure out how you're showing up, yep. guess what? Ask people who are around you yep. closely, how am I showing up for you? Yep. Cause they're gonna tell you. If you give them the permission right. to tell you how you're showing up, the people around you who really care about you are going to tell you. Right. You right? know what the hard you're, the hard part about that is that some people don't have people that really care about them. Absolutely. That's a tough thing. And that that is are, a tough thing. Right. And also not having people that you trust, because like for me personally, yep. um, I mm -hmm. do what what you were just saying in the sense of I know I have a very strong personality. Right. So sometimes mm -hmm. I mean, I've worked on this, but sometimes I come off in a way that people are already going up against me when I haven't even said anything. Right. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I'm very sensitive. So somebody mm -hmm. may do or say something. And my first reaction, I'm like. And I, I'll turn around and like, I'll, I'll try to breathe. And I tell everybody, like, you know, the three second rule, like you're not supposed to, you know, if, if it lands on the floor for three seconds, kiss it up to God, need it. Right. So I always right. tell people three second rule, like you gotta, like I say it to my son, you gotta take a breath. You gotta wait the three mm -hmm. seconds, sometimes longer. 
before mm-hmm. you react and respond. And so I will do that. I will turn around and Carmela can vouch for it because she's on here right now because there are things that go on. You know what this business is like. And I'm like, mm-hmm. is it me? Is it me? Did what did did I was that me? Did I say the wrong thing? Was I whatever? Like, and I always say did I come off wrong. Like, did I was I offensive? Was I, you know, this was I that? And, you know, a lot of times, like you said, if you have good people around, they will. Um, you know, they'll give you back that feedback, uh, you know, and they mm-hmm. might say in a con and, and again, when somebody is asking you these questions, don't be an ass when you answer them, you know, like you got to mm-hmm. be kind when you speak, you know, to say, you know what, Kat, you know how you are. You do come off strong, but mm-hmm. I don't think blah, blah, blah. Or, yeah, you kind of did. So maybe you got to kind of like apologize or whatever the case may be, you know. Um, But that's the problem is that a lot of people um, don't have that sounding board, if you will, because a lot of people stroke other people. So instead of being honest and saying what somebody really doesn't want to hear but needs to hear, people will stroke those people. So how do you set yourself up for success? Well, this is this is a very easy one, right? So in my book, I talk about there are two different languages, right? There is kerosene language and then there is protein language. Hmm. Protein language is the kind of language that helps to build people up. Kerosene language is the kind of language that will burn people down. So if somebody asks you, hey, how am I showing up? Now, I'll give you I'll give you an example. Let's say my wife asks me, uh, babe, how do I look in this dress? Now, <laughs> first of all, dangerous. it's a horrible question to yeah, ask a man. Dangerous. It's, a horrible que- dangerous. it's a horrible question to ask a man. OK, dangerous. but because I am. uh so much more infinitely smart than I was in my 20s. If I didn't think that that dress, if I thought that she was, look, over COVID, we've all gained COVID weight, right? So we're all not the the, the versions of ourselves that we were pre-COVID, right? Speak so, for yourself. Well, I'm just saying that many, <laughs> excuse me, many kidding. of us, <laughs> right? So, so, so some people, right? Some of us have, have uh, right. gained some COVID weight, right? right? And so we, we aren't the version of ourselves that we were pre-COVID, right? right? And so let's say in your mind, you did think that, that someone gained weight and that now that dress may not fit them the same way right you could answer i'm going to give you the kerosene uh answer first Uh uh-huh that dress makes you look fat right here's the protein language i don't think that dress makes you look the way i see you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't think that makes you look your best right Right. No, I can convey I can convey the same Same thing thing. 
but use different language that won't burn you down, right. but activate you to actually do something. Right. I got to tell you a funny story. Um, my, my husband was a very, um, matter of fact, you know, like just, he was a straight shooter. You think I, I shoot straight. He's, he's real straight. So I would say to him, um, babe, does this dress make my hips look big? And he was like, uh, yeah, you have big hips. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Be in my bed. He's like, but I love them. But it was like mm-hmm. it was an honest answer, right? Because I mm-hmm. asked a, a point blank question, a point blank question. So my hips look big in this outfit, and the answer was yes. But he didn't mm-hmm. make me feel like I was a fat ass, uh, you know. He right. just said, uh, you know, well, yeah, like I'm not gonna lie to you. Obviously, that dress does accentuate your hips, which I'm good with, as long as you're good right. with it then, you know, that's all that matters. So, yeah, I mean, again, it's it it really does matter, like the company we keep, right? Because if you're in a fragile state and you keep company around you that doesn't, um, you know, uh, empower you and doesn't support you, then you're never going to be able to stand straight up. You know, I mean, and eventually Mm -hmm. I think I, I could be I mean, I see it in myself. Eventually, as you gain, um, as you gain that support, you no longer need it to the same degree because mm-hmm. you, it helps you form your core and who and what you are. So this way, when somebody does say to you, well, like you look fat in that dress, you turn around and you shake it, you know, you shake what your mama gave you and you don't really care mm-hmm. what, what they think. But it's a really mm-hmm. hard place to get to. Absolutely, it's a it's a it's a tough uh, place to get to. But w- here's what we have to to really accept: we have to accept that we are not responsible for fixing anyone. Mm-hmm. We have to accept that the only person that we are uh, responsible to fix is ourselves. Mm-hmm. And if you've grown up on this earth, everybody, like I said, you know, you have to fix you because you're broken. Well, how do you know I'm broken? Okay. Mm-hmm. If you, if you've been born on this earth, <laughs> you're broken mm. because this planet breeds toxicity. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be something, I don't care who you are, or what environment you've grown up in. Something has attacked you, something has harmed you, something has traumatized you. Something has shifted who you were when you were first born and impacted you to the degree that it has made you the lesser version of yourself prior to being traumatized. So every single day, our job is to triage our heart, triage our spirit. Right. In order for us to show up as the better version of ourselves. But we have to be intentional about that kind of of action. Right. Right. It doesn't happen Um, by accident. No, it definitely doesn't happen by accident. And that I really want us to segue into what we were talking about or what we originally were um, uh, having the room be about, which was passion versus purpose, Mm -hmm. right? All of those things that we just talked about 
And I, I said earlier that the way for us to access our purpose is to sift through our pain, mm-hmm. right? That's how we actually uncover our purpose. So I was most in pain about my father, which is why, because he didn't, he showed up as a male, right? And just so our listeners understand my, my definition that I, I write about in my book, Male Versus Man, males, listen, and sisters, you, I, you, better, you better listen to this. And by the way, when I say sisters, I'm not talking about color, I'm talking about consciousness. So any woman who can hear the sound of my voice when I say sisters, that means you. Males look to be served while men look to be of service. There is a gigantic difference between those two because I hear people all the time. Aren't those the same? Absolutely not. Every man that you meet is a male, but not every male that you meet is a man. So my father showed up as a male his entire life, never truly matriculated into manhood when I was a child, not until much later on when he found Islam and received information and instruction through the Quran and his uh, his journey in Islam. I didn't find that out until much later in my life, right? But because I had experienced so much pain in dealing with my father, and then the pain of me losing my best friend, and I talk about this in uh, the prerequisite, which is actually the what the preface usually would be in any other book. I talk about this in Male Versus Man, where I felt like I had an assignment to look after my best friend and I abandoned him mm. selfishly. And my best friend died as a result of me abandoning him in that hour. And so the pain of my father and the pain of me losing my best friend taught me how much work I really needed to put in in order for me to show up as the man that I knew that I was intended to be when I was created. So all of that pain defined my purpose. And so now my purpose is to help males matriculate into manhood for the betterment of humanity. (laughs) That is my purpose, Mm -hmm. right? What is the difference between purpose versus passions, right? Because all of us have a lot of things that we enjoy doing. Yeah. The things that, that, that we're passionate about. Yeah. I'm passionate about acting. Yeah. It's not my purpose. I'm passionate about horseback riding. It's not my purpose. I'm passionate about golf, scuba diving, all this. They are not my purpose. Mm-hmm. Here's the difference. Mm-hmm. Your passions serve you. Your purpose serves, serves others. others. Real talk. So the key... The key to sustained happiness and peace is you being able to walk out your purpose. The reason why you meet so many people who are miserable, and I'm talking about, I know people who are very highly accomplished people, Mm -hmm. all the money in the world, all the Mm -hmm. accolades in the world, still miserable Miserable. human beings. Mm -hmm. You know why? Because they're really great at walking out their passion. They have no idea what their purpose is. Yeah, very so, true. So they oversaturate themselves with, you know, the, the person who's the workaholic. I got to yep. do this. I got to go. I yep. gotta, I gotta, because yep. they don't know why they're here. Well, it's so also, they think if I do one more project, 
that will feed it. If I buy one more Louis Vuitton bag, right. that will do it. If I buy one more pair of, of, of red bottoms, if I buy some more diamonds, right. that will do it. But that's also and a that distraction. Has absolutely nothing to do with it. Well, that's, that's, that's exactly. No, okay. That's exactly what it is. We yeah. need those distractions in yeah. order to distract us from the pain that yep. we're actually going through and yep. not knowing what our purpose is. Exactly right. Yep. Right. No. So we need we need more sex. We need more diamonds. We need more bags. We need more accolades. We need more money or in projects order to distract us. Exactly. A lot in of order people to distract do that. us from not knowing what our purpose is. Right. The, the majority of, of human beings on the face of this earth do that because yep. mo how, let me give you an example. How many times has anyone ever had a conversation with you about purpose, about teaching you about what purpose is? Right. Not very many. No, because no. our world is not uh, 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 tuned in to what that is. Right. Our, tu our world is tuned into uh, 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 consuming. Yeah. So what the world teaches you and is hey, if you want to be a great. Yeah. If you if you want to be if you want to be a great consumer. Right. Then you have to obtain money in order to be able to consume. No one ever tells you about being of service and that mm -hmm. that is the pathway to to sustained happiness. How do you think people who who don't have who live in shanties mm -hmm. can be happy or be at peace mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it isn't about money. It's not about purchasing helicopters yep. or private jets. Yeah. It's about knowing peace. how you exactly it's, it's about it, peace. that peace comes from you Inside. being able to be of service to others. That's the way we were created. We were mm -hmm. created to be of service to others. Right. Well, see, but a lot of people don't. And that's what I'm saying, too. A lot of people don't recognize what they do because it's always I, I have you know friends I have people and it's always um they, they're like you said they're working they're building this they're building that okay and then it's always somebody that has to do a project they they're rearranging the furniture in their house they're 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 cleaning the closets they're you know this and not that any of these things are bad things but it's always mm -hmm. something so the funny thing yes. that, that I learned from this you know this thing we call life is I learned that it's very important to be quiet and still. And yes. it's a very hard thing to do. And I will tell you, even in my own from this week, for instance, um, on uh, Monday, my 15 year old pit bull was put down and Monday was my birthday. And uh. it was hard because um, growing up, my mother always I mean, for a few reasons, it was hard. But one of the things is growing up, my mom always made it like a big deal about my birthday. Like, and it, and my mom didn't make a big deal about a lot of things, but my birthday, she always did. So I always felt like a, a, a princess on my birthday because it was all about me. And like no other days were all about me. And this day was always all about me. And I remember when my husband was alive and he was like, Karen, really? We're going to celebrate for a goddamn month. I mean, how long is your birthday? I'm like, damn right we are. It's my freaking birthday. It's my month and we're going to celebrate. And, um, you know, now my mom doesn't, you know, my mom suffers from dementia and she doesn't, you know, she, I mean, I, she, I think she knows who I am, but uh, she doesn't speak. She doesn't anything. Right. So that's hard enough. Right. 
my husband isn't here. So that's hard enough. Um, you know, the list goes on. But anyway, um, you know, my dog of 15 years, um, a pit bull, and her legs just gave out on her on Saturday. And so we thought she was leaving us Saturday night. And then Sunday, um, she perked up a little bit. We thought she was going to be good. And then unfortunately, um, they, when they called the vet and, and, you know, we wanted to bring her in, we were trying to do it for Tuesday. And the only time the vet had was Monday. So now my father wants to take me out for my birthday. My son is sick, so he can't go out. And I don't know what to do. And I'm crying. I'm just, you know. And so my son is like, Mom, this isn't going anywhere. I want you to, you know, go out with Grandpa and just get away from this for for a little bit and go celebrate life. And my son, my 13-year-old son said to me, you know, life isn't about mourning. Um, it's about living. So you need to celebrate life, celebrate her life and celebrate your birthday. So I went out and of course I, you know, for a little bit. And of course I was, you know, not very good company fighting back the tears or whatever. And the moral to this was that I said to myself, Tuesday, I am going to be still and I'm going to be quiet. And I stood in my house. I didn't shower. I didn't change my clothes. I didn't really move. People were texting me, calling me. I was very limited. My son was home that day too. We barely spoke to each other. It was just, we both, like I said, I'm going to take that time to feel what I'm feeling. And I said, Wednesday, I'm going to wake up and it's going to be another day. And Wednesday I woke up. I had a pretty decent day on Wednesday, all things considered. Yesterday I woke up and I didn't, I couldn't get out of my bed. Like I couldn't function and I was an absolute mess all day yesterday. But you have to allow yourself that because people are so busy doing projects and being busy that they're not dealing with the actuality of what is going on and what is going on is your grieving or your processing or your hurting, whatever th- th- it is. Right. And so people don't allow that because why I always say like a three day grace period, right? When somebody dies, you know, they, that, that week before they do the services and the burial, your phone rings off the hook. Everybody's sending food. Everybody's doing this. Everybody's doing that. After everything's over, what happens? Silence. Mm-hmm. And now you got to deal with what just happened. So I, I think that a lot of times people do not allow themselves the processing time, right? And the time to grow from it because, right, at that point, I mean, we don't know why things happen. I always say, what? What am I, what are you supposed to get from what happened? And so um, when I first started doing this show, you and I had uh, you were one of my first um, guests and you and I had a conversation before that. And I said to you, well, I don't want to go too deep. I don't want to be too heavy because people people don't want to hear that. And you said to me, well, that ain't you. 
So what do mm-hmm. you, what do you, how are you going to do that if it's, that's not you? Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. think that the best advice for knowing what your purpose is, is knowing who you are. Yeah, no question. Yeah, there's, you can't, it's sort of like, um, it, it, it's sort of like being, fit you go into like a wardrobe fitting right and this person who has a great idea about what they like decides to put you in right a dress uh-huh. that is like discuss and you're like and they're in their mind you look fantastic right you look in the mirror and you go uh-huh. i don't look like me uh-huh so Something's now you sit right. there and you go yeah, not, not the, it's all wrong. Right. Right. And, and then they go, no, you look fantastic. This is, this is going to be great. And you go, this is not me. Me. Mm-hmm. This is not me. So now guess what? You aren't going to look good in that piece. Right. Because as you walk in it. Yep. You're walking around with the notion. Yep. That you don't look good in it. Yep. So even if the, the piece itself, by itself, the piece is great. Right. It won't look great on you. Right. Because you're walking around with the thought that this doesn't state properly who I am. You don't own it. I can't own it because I know it isn't me. Yep. So everything that we do in this life, I'm at a place in my life now where I feel bad for people who don't understand why they're here. Mm. I have a great deal of empathy for people who have no, look, watch this. You don't have to take my word for it. Let, let me just put it into, into proper perspective for you real quick. What if I said to you that God, Allah, Jehovah, the universe, whatever you call your higher being that you look for for spiritual center. What if I said to you that that's that that spiritual center, that higher being created you to simply wake up in the morning, hmm. go to work, mm-hmm. go back home, mm-hmm. go to sleep, do the same thing all over again until Friday, mm-hmm. get a check. Go to the weekend, mm-hmm. get drunk, uh, mm-hmm. uh, pass out, wake mm-hmm. up, wake, get up Monday morning, do the whole thing all over again. And that's the only thing that your life means. What would you say if I told you that the higher being that you look to for spiritual center created you to have that life? And, and, and that's it. What would you say to me? You know, that's, like, a, that's a really that great perspective that would be ridiculous that would right. be ridiculous right right absolutely because because we know we were created for something deeper than that mm-hmm. well why is it that if we put it in that context right it makes sense we gain it right that that makes sense right why is it that that's the majority of the, uh, that's the way that the majority of people that we encounter that's the way they live their life yep well we're, a lot the paycheck, That's get it. trashed over the weekend, do it the whole and do it all over again the next empty. week. Empty. Well, a lot of people are empty. And so 
you know, you find that the more I don't I don't I don't know if I want I don't want to use the word evolved, but the more self-aware you are and the more at peace you are, um, I think that you see things very differently. So like and then energy speaks, too. So you can you know, when you're around those people, you kind of get that that's all they got to give. You know, like there are a lot of people mm -hmm. that you can, there are a lot of people like we have friends, right? And some of our friends are better friends than others. Why? Because some people don't have anything to give you. And I don't mean, you know, obviously I don't mean gifts. I mean, um, emotionally, uh, you know, spiritually, whatever, they got nothing to give you because they are on empty. So I always tell people you can't pour from an empty cup. So a lot of people, you know, have these friends and you have to know that, you know, so like growing up, right? We had friends that we would hang out with that you would go clubbing with. Then you had friends that, you know, you had that you called when your life was upside down. Um, you know, we have different categories, if you will, because certain people do not have this. They don't have the same capacity. So the people that are getting up every day and going to work and coming home and going through the notions, they don't have anything else to give you because that's all they got. So a lot of times people and you know what, sometimes some people do better with those type of people because sometimes there are emotionally needy people as opposed to um, emotionally unavailable people. And you I know I tend to navigate towards emotionally unavailable people. And that's because I am such an emotional person that if I have somebody that doesn't have, I don't want to say control over their emotions, but if they're overly emotional, it will drain me. So a lot mm -hmm. of times I go with emotionally unavailable people, which they don't fulfill me. So, of course not. Right. So it's like a catch 22. Right. But yep. and I recognize mm -hmm. that and I see that. So that's mm -hmm. why sometimes mm -hmm. people expect so much out of somebody. You have to realize that you ain't getting blood from a stone like that person may really care about you and they may really love you. But that's all they got. Yep. No question. You know, so it's it's hard no because if you surround yourself by that's why, to be honest with you, I am that's I stay home. I'm quiet and I am I have my own little circle. Um, I don't I don't go beyond it most of the time unless I'm in a different place. But when I'm in a fragile state, I'm very conscious of the people I keep around me and the energy I keep around me. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, we we have to um, we have to figure out who, you know, who our our tribe is right we we have to be able to properly identify who our tribe is right um it's important to have because energy is really look this is how this is how how important energy is um are you playing marbles over there what's going on me oh um, you know what it is yeah yeah you know what thank you for telling me it's my... yes is it... <laughs> i'm a husband remember Oh my God! I I and, and it's so funny how the mic always picks up my goddamn bracelet. Oh my God, that's so funny. Thank you for um, letting me know. 
Of course, of course. So this is this is this is how prevalent um, energy is in our lives, right? So um, one day we we have a um, a twenty month old uh, Rottweiler, right? And uh, we've got a we also have a Frenchie and we have a uh, a, a, a mutt. There's a, a a mix of a few breeds. Um, my my Rottweiler, I do have to say, I love all of my dogs, of course, but I hate when people say, well, I don't have a favorite. Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. Um, my Rottweiler is my favorite, right? Mm. And it's it's everything about him. It's the it's his size, it's his confidence, it's his his aesthetic, it's his energy, it's his energy. Uh huh. Right? And and so my uncle in law came over. Um, last year for the first time meeting him and, um, when he came in, he came in and immediately the energy of my, of our Rottweiler, Deuce is his name. And he got his name Deuce because he's our second Rottweiler. Our first one passed away a few years ago and now he's our second one. So I named him Deuce. No, I I mean I've seen him. I so, just want to eat his face. Oh, uh, he's uh, forget it. You'll love so cute. Karen. I know, like, I know. I cu- know. Cuddle with him, kiss I him. He's I know. a big love. Oh my god. So, uh, all of a sudden, that cuddle, cute, lovable mm. energy changed. Left him. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. My wife was like beside herself because this is her favorite uncle and. Uh huh. And how could you, and what are you doing? And so on, so on, so forth. And so while I corrected his initial behavior, mm-hmm. I had to begin to, I had to understand it. Right. Why is he acting that because way? It's, it's coming from somewhere. Right. I began talk, talking to my, my, my uncle, uh, which is my, again, is my, 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 my wife's uncle. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like using the phrase in-law. Mm-hmm. This is my uncle. So I started talking to my uncle. I said, and we just started talking about dog experience. And what I extracted from his story was that mm-hmm. he was bitten. I know it by a Rottweiler, Rottweiler when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. And so his energy in meeting Deuce, yep, was that Reac- Deuce was an assailant, right? Reacting, right? yep, totally. So he was like, uh leery of deuce now right deuce can't read that you're reacting this way because you were traumatized when you were right. a kid all right. Deuce can react to is wait a minute your energy is off you've got like this this sort of you know off energy and yep. that feels dangerous to me right because it feels like you actually could attack me. Yep. What the- Deuce was basically sending him was, yo, bro. Yep. I don't like your energy because it feels like you're going to do something to me. And yep. I'm telling you right now. You ain't you're doing not. it. Right. Absolutely. You're not doing it. Right. So he was sending a very specific message to my uncle. Yo, man, fix your energy. Mm-hmm. Energy fix don't your lie. energy. Energy no. don't lie. Animals don't have racism. Animals yep. don't have sexism. 
Yep. They don't they don't have colorism, they don't have they don't have all the other isms that we have because those are learned behaviors. So animals don't have that. What they do have is energy. So mm-hmm. what I learned from my dogs is I don't pick people according to color, politics, any of those other things. I mm-hmm. pick people based off of energy. Absolutely. I sit in a company of people and if I get good energy from them, I'm like, mm-hmm. I gotta connect with this person. If yep. I don't get good energy from them, I can I simply Audi. walk on. Audi. Yes. Yep. Five thousand. Right? Yep. So literally, we have to become more like our uh like our animals in that they lock into energy. And here's watch this. I guarantee you, and this is for all of our sisters sitting there listening, because I know every single one of you have has done it. You will get around a guy. As a single woman, get around a guy, get bad or off energy from them, and still proceed. <laughs> because you like his pecs, mm. his beard, mm-hmm. his uh, shoes, his mm-hmm. watch, mm-hmm. his car, his mm-hmm. position, whatever that is. You mm-hmm. still proceed despite the fact that the energy that you're getting from him says warning 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 beware and you're still proceeding right so what we got to get locked into is locked into what our animals lock into which is energy don't sit there ask questions that is your spiritual center that is designed to help you better navigate life yeah Very true. I mean, and I've had this conversation because, you know, that happens a lot when you meet people, right? Like if you meet a friend of somebody and right away you meet that person, two seconds later, I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. And and that no, no, no. But, you know, they come off like that at further. And I'm like, okay, you know, so sometimes the energy doesn't lie. Sometimes, you know, you can jump to a conclusion. But for the most part, the energy doesn't lie. So in, in the regard to like your your dog, um, you know, he wasn't being prejudiced, if you will, towards, you know, your dog. He just had this experience and he carried it with him. So mm-hmm. your dog was the bad guy, which if he calmed down long enough and the, the dog would have felt him calm down then he could have mm-hmm. been licking his face three seconds later. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's all a matter of whether or not you will allow it to go to that point. And like you said, you are smart enough to say, okay, what's going on here? Because this isn't my dog's normal behavior. So after you know right. five seconds, you realized why the energy that this man was putting out, he didn't not like your dog, he just was afraid. And mm-hmm. your dog picked up on that. So a lot of mm-hmm. times, you know, we do have to kind of sort of, you know, you trust your first instincts, but then sometimes you got to go in a little bit and just see if there's that 
thing there, um, you know, that that may help uh, solve the puzzle, so to speak, um, you know, uh, uh, beyond yeah. the energetic um, part. But I have to just say, I want to say thank you to everybody. I know we've had a lot of people on here that were commenting, uh, Tony, Pauline, Carmela, um, and there's a few other people here. I just want to say thank you. It's not like I see Chris was here. There's a bunch of people that were here. I don't want you to think we didn't um, see you guys, but uh, when me and Andre start talking, it could be like six more hours. I'd be like, all right, I got to go. I got to go pick up my son from school. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't that we didn't uh, acknowledge that you were here, but um, I am actually um, – I have uh, me and Dondre are going to try to do this again um, when his schedule permits. So you're not going to, you sure. know, you're going to get to do this again. Hopefully, you know, I know he loves me, but hopefully he at least liked. Uh, did you have fun today, G? Oh, come on, man. Come on. Don't start asking crazy questions. Uh, well, uh, you and saying. I could have well, we we could have fun over, you know, plastic bottles. Yeah, so, well, I yeah, think we have. Uh, I think course. we have. <laughs> we I have, think we have. Yeah. We have done that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I just, I, I the, 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 co my conclusion to what I want to say to to this in terms of passion, you know, versus purpose. Um, I, I, it's interesting because Dondre and I know each other. Like I said, um, God, since nineteen like eighty. Three, I think it was. No, we no, yeah, 1983. I want to say. So I did the math, and it's like way too many years, right? So we'll just leave it there. Um, but <laughs> um, you know, we know each other a, a really long time, and our um, our lives have definitely twisted and turned. Um, in many different directions, right? And and you went on your path, I went on my path. Uh, we always, you know, connected somewhere. But what's very interesting is that, you know, who you've become today, because obviously when I knew you, um, you know, you were an actor, you were training to become an actor, um, and you were a working actor. And you're, you've taken everything from like one side to the other, if you like all spectrums. And now, you know, you're an author, you're a coach. Um, and you said that acting is your passion, but not your purpose. And so it's right. interesting that, you know, you've written your book. Um, and, um, you know, you found your quote unquote calling, right? I hate to use it like, like that, but, um, you found mm -hmm. your calling in the sense that you have used your pain to try to help others. And I have d kind of gone 360 as well. And I've done the same thing. And I started these shows, um, because I saw people, um, make comments after like I lost my husband and stuff. And, and it was sobering to me to see how many people were in so much pain, but it was never okay to talk about it. It was never mm -hmm. okay. Like I was raised, don't let them see you cry. Um, right. And I, I was brought to my knees in such a way that I couldn't help but let people see me cry because it just took me over. And 
I realized that there wasn't anything wrong with that. And I realized that my pain helped, and I mean this in a, you know, helped other people and meaning that me dealing with my pain and other people seeing that helped them. And that was why I wanted to do my show because there are so many people that don't talk about so many things. They brush them under the rug. They brush them under the table. Every, nobody wants to really hear how you're doing. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you just say good, right? So, mm-hmm. it, you know, it does. I don't, I don't, I don't say good, by the way, when I'm not doing, when I'm not, if I'm not doing well, I don't say good. Right. And I, say, I learned, I'm, uh, yep. Yep. No, I got that. You're yep. right. And, and so that's mm-hmm. what I mean about learning to own where you are. Yes. So, you know, to everybody out there, so this is the reason why, like, and and Dondre and I, you know, I I definitely, you know, I, I want to do this again with you because I feel like when people listen to these things, it and and they see you living through them, they understand that they're not alone. And when you're going through painful times, you always feel like you're not alone, that nobody understands, nobody gets it, because what you're going through is different than what everybody else is going through. And it is because Mm -hmm. it's your experience, but it doesn't mean that somebody else doesn't understand what you're going through. Um, So Mm -hmm. I have tried to use my pain for purpose. Um, And like you said, pain equals passion, um, equals purpose. So for anybody out there that is in pain, for anybody out there that thinks that they can't do it, we're here, living proof, telling you, you 1,000% can do it. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. You, You were, that's the reason why you were born in the first place. Well, there you go. So I just want to leave people with that because I want them. I always try to, you know, make people realize them when when I end the show, I want them to have some, you know, like when you watch the Rocky movies and you leave and he wins and he, you know, the underdog and all of that. And you walk out of there and you feel like you can like, you know, you can you can. Uh, you own the world, right? So I feel like every time I try, I end my show, I try to, especially after we talk about real, real deal stuff, I like to end the show with people understanding and knowing that you can do it too. Because listen, me and Andre, we're, we're, we're just regular humans. We're not, we don't have superpowers, but our superpowers are now that we used our pain turned it into passion and made it into a purpose. So if we can do it, you can do it. No question. Well so, said. Dre, I love you. Um, I, I will stay love on you with you for like um, the next like year. I would just keep talking, but um, <laughs> I, we all got, we all got shit we got to do. Um, but uh <laughs> I, I, I do. I love you. I thank every one of you that have been listening today. And I encourage you to share this. This um, I will post the recorded version of this for anybody that didn't catch it live. For those of you that are listening um, and, and you want to follow, you go to Real Talk 
with KarenStacy.Podbean.com and hit that follow button and you can listen to this on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And Dondre, do you just want to tell everybody um, the name of your book and where they can find it if they want to? <laughs> uh, the name of the book is called uh, Male Versus Man and How to Honor Women, Teach Children and Elevate Men to Change the World. And you can find it anywhere that you buy books, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, anywhere they sell books, they sell male versus man. There you go. So, um, and, uh, you know, Dondre also has an amazing, um, you know, acting career and everything as well. So, you know, he's he does it all. Um, and and I don't know. I got to see him. He was he co-hosted with um, um, Kathy. Kathy Lee, right? Am I saying that Kelly, right? Kelly, Kelly, Kelly Ripper. I'll be all right. Mm-hmm. See, this is why my, my brain doesn't work. <laughs> Kelly Ripper. And, and we were talking about it. I saw, I never watched those morning shows. And for some reason, I was flipping through the channels. And I saw Dondre. I was like, my Dondre is on? Like, what is this? And um, he was awesome. He was uh, her co-host. And it was funny because, um, you know, me and Dondre have this this really like we're just very close and whenever like we're around each other we're always very affectionate and close to one another so um when I saw him on with her I got a little jealous but you know it's all good because uh nah it was very sweet to watch and um you know I was happy to see you I felt like we visited uh together so I can't wait until we get to visit together because life is short and it's been too goddamn long Definitely. And I can't wait to share with everybody what me co-hosting with Kelly Ripple was all about. No doubt. <clears throat> and that will be that will be coming um, soon. Good. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, you know, this is all good. And of course, you know, being able to spend time with you is always good time for me. Um, we go so far back. It's, it's just crazy. Um, no doubt. So, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and the cool. next time what we'll do is we'll get on and. Maybe have some people um, type in some yeah. questions because I'm sure yep. that people had questions and all yep. that kind of stuff. And then next yep. time we'll just have them type in questions and address that stuff. Yep, we will. I'm holding you to it. So um, yep. I got to run. I love you. I love everybody. Thank you love for you tuning back. in. And we will see you real soon.